Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Welcome to this video. In this video, I meet with Ken Okazaki, and we're going to be talking about two things in particular. Number one is actually how to create a studio. This can be in your office, this can be in your garage, it could be at your workplace, but we're gonna teach you how to create a nice looking studio with a mic, lights and camera and, and the whole bit. And the second thing is how to get into a process of, rec of, re of recording videos. In fact, Ken has a process, a branded process that I believe is called Hilda, so I'd love to learn more about that. Um, Ken, if you could start with a short bio and let's, let's get right into the studio makeover. Absolutely. Thanks. I think that uh, a lot of people, they they think they got to look great on video and they've got to look polished and it's got to look professional before they start producing content. And, you know, I think that a lot of people uh, put the, the horse, I mean, the, the, what do they, the cart in front of the horse and you got to get great at content. But I know that what people really want is to look good. So I'm going to share that with you right now. And what I'm going to do is really simple. I'm going to demonstrate using my phone first what it looks like to get the right angle. And afterwards, I have, I have uh, some diagrams that will show you how you can arrange your studio to get something that looks like this. And it's really, really, really affordable. So I'm switching to my phone here. And what you can see is this is just a regular iPhone. First thing you got to learn about getting your studio correct is the angle. So right now, this is what we call pure level. It's right at my eye level. You got to get your webcam and get it up to exactly where your eyes are. People don't feel threatened. They feel like, hey, I'm sitting across from a diner table chatting with somebody who I can trust. Now, if you get your webcam too low, this is what uh, most laptops look like. If you're, This is where the laptop level would be. It's what we call the nose hair zone. You want to stay away from this. And what you're also doing, what most people don't realize, is you're adding about 30% more perceived body weight. And if you happen to have a tiny little wrinkle below your chin, it's really going to stand out. So this is, uh, you know, be cautious around this area. Now, some people, they hop way up here. It's what I call the Instagram zone. Your eyes get bigger, more shiny, your forehead's bigger, your chin is more pointy, and uh, it's quite high, but you also kind of look like a little kid. So you want to be careful. So the first thing when you set up your studio, if you're just starting, always go exactly at the eye level, prop up your laptop so it's that high, and that's going to make everything a lot easier. Now, I want to show you a little bit of the tech around how this works, okay? So... Um, I've got a couple of lights and stuff. And uh, if you don't mind, if you could share that, that slide I just brought up earlier. And uh, I've, I've sent over a PDF. And what this is, a lot of people think it's super complicated. First, let's start with the eye level. But then this is called the Dub Studio Makeover. And if you've got about a thousand bucks, or if you have some old equipment around, you'll be able to set up something really similar to what I have. This is a standard desk, 160 by 65 centimeters. This is it's the most common desk size. So I found this and this shows exactly how I've set up for my studio and for people who are paying me money to do this for them. This is the blueprint and this is where we start from and then we customize from there. But you'll see uh, the light placement. It's super simple. Use your arms. What you want to do is take your arm, point it forward, and your finger should be able to touch. The tip of your finger should be able to touch your webcam. That's the distance you want from your camera in order for the back to be nice and soft and for your eyes and your face to be tack sharp. Now, where do we put the lights? You want to take your arm, point it forward, and then pivot 
45 degrees left and then 45 degrees up. That's where one of your lights should be. And you do the exact same thing on the other side, 45 degrees right, 45 degrees up, and that's where the other light is. Use your body to measure where everything needs to be. Now, if we scroll to the next page, you'll see that uh, I actually show a front view here because a lot of people get this thing wrong. How high should the lights be? A lot of people put the lights right in front of their face. What's going to happen is it looks a little bit unnatural. But what you want to do is you want to make sure the bottom of the light is higher than the top of your head. And if you do that, then you're going to get the lights naturally falling down on you, how you know it would be normally in nature. The other thing you're going to avoid is ugly shadows on the wall behind you. That's what happens when the lights are too low. So these are a few different tips, but if you want the exact measurements, exact placement and everything, uh, grab a copy of this of this PDF and it's even got links where you can buy stuff on Amazon if you want. It's all under a thousand bucks. The exact camera I'm using, the mic I'm using, uh, the lights, it's all there. It's my gift to you. And uh, I think that this is probably the best way to get started if you want to look super slick on your Zoom calls on Dub, uh, if you're broadcasting from there or recording videos from there, or any social media platform you're in, in your meetings, in your sales presentations, this will make a difference. Uh, do you have any questions for me before before I move on? I, I know I just kind of uh, fire hose a whole bunch of information. I don't want to overwhelm people. Anything needs clarification on this part? Well, I think the biggest thing for me is that I, I am a maximalist. So I sort of go all in and then I and then I go all in all over again. And sometimes it works out really well because I get something really nice. Sometimes I end up in no man's land with a, a box full of gear and stuff that I'm not really using. And the whole thing sort of defeats the entire purpose. So the method that I've kind of figured out that works for me is that I have my minimalist rig, which is actually right over there in my office. But then I have my maximalist rig here where I have a two lights set up. I've got a DSLR. I've got a, a podcast mic with the B cam right here that's on a, a telescoping arm and you know an external monitor. And there's a ton of tech. I cannot use this on a day-to-day -day basis. It's just too much gear. It's too much tech. I prefer my minimalist, minimalist setup over there, which is just a simple MacBook Pro with an external monitor. So what I'd love to understand is how to you know, can we get the best of both worlds? Can we have a setup that's agile, that's nimble, that's fast? You know, if we want to un unplug and go sit on the sofa, we can do that easily. Or might you recommend that we have a sort of a two, a two laptop setup like what I have? You know, I think you have a really good point there. Uh, the getting into all the gear can actually work against you if mm. you haven't actually gotten storytelling down. And if you know how to present in front of the camera, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the confidence, you know what you're talking about, and you know exactly what the outcome of the video is before you get into mm -hmm. it. That's when we should start thinking about gearing up and looking, you know, looking more professional. Uh, but well, if we're talking about like a, a, a big kit, like maximalist, like what you said, and something more mobile, you could go as simple as using your phone. Uh, phones nowadays, the technology is, is getting ridiculously good. Uh, the iPhone 13 has added a whole new feature called cinematic where we could fake this, you know, this bokeh uh, effect where things in the background look really soft focus. You know, the, the lenses to do this are quite expensive. Nowadays, it's just built into the software. So you could go all the way down to just using your phone with a selfie stick, stick that on a tripod or something, 
and a little shotgun mic or a lav mic. It could get that simple. And once you understand how to find uh, the natural environments where you're going to look good, no matter where you are and how to use the environment to your advantage, you don't need to buy any gear. You've already got a phone. It's in your pocket. Just use that to your advantage. So you could go all the way down to just using your phone for when you're out and about, want something simple. But when you do get in front of, uh, when you do get home and, or to your home office or office, and you could just walk right up and have everything at your fingertips, you know, the light's going to be perfect. You know, the sound's going to be perfect. You know, everything's going to be framed properly. It does encourage you to just create more content because it's easy. It's all set up and you don't have to worry about anything uh, about uh, setting up your situation. That, so that makes a lot of sense. Do both. I love that. Now, you did a quick switch from your webcam to your iPhone. What was the tech that you used? Oh, I've just, uh, I'm used to use AirPlay for everything. AirPlay is an uh, is, uh, Apple feature. So I, it's whether it's from my phone, my iPad, my computer, or any of my Apple devices, I can just uh, switch it and uh, show what's on there. I, I demonstrate stuff on my phone a lot or from my iPad. And that's, that makes, uh, I guess, everything a bit more engaging. So guide us through that a little bit. So you're on your phone, you airplay, and then how do you send that to to become the camera in in this environment? All right. So this here is something Ah. that uh, is actually, I think it's inside the shopping list. Actually, no, it's not. But this is called a stream deck. And I've programmed each of these buttons to automatically do key combinations, like command, alt, blink, you know, like what? Instead of having to look down at my keyboard and punch stuff in, I've just pre-programmed these buttons to push different keys. And uh, if I hit, for example, right now, uh, I've got my iPad. If I hit this key right here, then you'll see what's on my iPad screen, right? And uh, this all just maps to, oops, I'm on the wrong one now. This all just maps to different hotkeys that controls my my video uh, switcher. So it's all, I don't have any external hardware except for the switcher and the software just on my Mac takes care of all the switching after that. There, that's very, it. Very cool. So this is called the Elgato Stream Deck. If you have your affiliate URL, please please share it. With us. We'd love to let folks know about this. This looks really exciting. It seems like you can sort of pre-configure a number of things, including AirPlay, keyboard shortcuts, very, very cool tech here. I have not heard of this. I, I plan to check this out since I am a maximalist and it will probably end up in a box for a little while. Until, <laughs> Let's have a conversation see- later. And I'll, <laughs> I'll take you behind all the tech behind what I'm doing. Very cool. And then you have some slides as well on your, your branded process, in fact, which I'm really excited to learn about. Sure, absolutely. So um, before I jump into it, I think that uh, I get a lot of people, and you probably get this too. People say, hey, I want to start a video, but... I'm not good at presenting. I know video is important for my business, but um, I'm not a natural and I don't know what to talk about. Or when I do start talking, I lose my train of thought. All these things are things that stop people from getting started. And as I was starting to work with a lot of clients in different countries, I had to develop a system so that anybody at any level could get from zero to, I'd say like 80, 80%, uh, just by using the system and beyond that it's a lot of practice so it's something called hilda and i just want to share this with you it's really really simple and let me just uh switch over here to my ipad here i call this the hilda content system and 
I think with the videos we produce for our clients, we've got about 141 million views that are completely organic that use this. And this is how we activate a cold audience. So really the old way of making video, this might be you right now. This was me for sure. Number one, you think of a topic to talk about. You write down a few bullet points. You hit record on your device or camera. You start talking. Then you run out of stuff to talk about and then you stop. Now, I don't know about you, but for me and a lot of my clients, that's exactly what we're doing. And it's okay. That's how we get started. But then it gets tiring when you're creating content over and over and over again. And you kind of lose steam after a while. So we started doing something else called Hilda, which is a simple process. How can we hook people in at the very beginning of the video, then introduce ourselves, then lead their anticipation to what we're going to deliver, and then altruistically ask for a micro commitment at the end. Now, this is a simple set of five things, but what I want to do is I'm going to walk through each of these and kind of think of this as a kitchen cabinet with five drawers. If we open up drawer number one, that's the hook. How do we hook people in? And here's a few ideas. Number one, we address a frustration. Now, this is specifically a frustration that you know your target audience has. If you're a weight loss coach, you might just say something to the effect of, um, isn't it frustrating knowing that you're eating the right foods, but you're not losing the weight and you can't move the needle on the scale? If you start like that, then your ideal audience is going to relate to that and they'll probably continue watching. If you ask a question, if you notice in the first example I gave, I asked a question and addressed a frustration simultaneously. Asking a question takes people out of the frame of mind of judging a statement, if it's true or not. Instead, they go internal of judging you. They're asking themselves something. And it's, it's a very, very effective way to get people from uh, filtering and judging what you're saying and listening instead. Now, using numbers is awesome. Uh, if you ask an emotional question that addresses the frustration and you use numbers in there, we're hitting both the left and right brain, right? So for example, if I say the five reasons why 85% of people are not losing weight. Now, people are like, well, 85%, you must have some research behind that, and you'll probably share that later. We're hitting the left side of the brain where they're looking for logical solutions and answers, and the right side where they're looking for an emotional connection. So uh, we're just stacking these on top of each other to get the hook powerful. Teasing value. This is really old school, but you might just say something to the effect of, hey, I've got a, I've got a really quick three-minute workout that I can do at my desk that helps me get tighter abs. Now, I'm going to show you that in just a little bit. Hold on. So we're just telling them what we're going to share later on and getting them to hang on. Now, you've probably seen examples of all these, but these are just some ideas to get you started. And what you want to think about is how can you get in, get out, and get them hooked as fast as possible. And when I say as fast as possible, that's about 15 seconds you have to get people to decide to continue watching or not. Now, this happens right at the beginning, and if you don't do this right, then the rest of your video is not going to matter. So pretty important to look into this. Second thing is, how can you introduce yourself? Here's the amazing thing. I've got CEOs, people who are running million-dollar businesses who work with me. And the funny thing is, when it comes to introducing themselves on video, it's almost like they're back in kindergarten, and they don't know how to introduce themselves. Like, hi, I'm an entrepreneur, or I'm a coach, or I'm a dad, I'm an inventor, I'm a doctor, like they are all of them, but they don't know what's the most effective way to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's super simple. We just pick three things and we're going to talk about these three things and uh, and then get to that. Uh, I, I noticed you just came back on here. Do you have a question? 
No, no, I'm just engaged. Keep going. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to flip back to here. And what we want to do is we stay with first name. We want to automatically assume some kind of rapport. We don't want to say, hi, my name is Dr. Philip Morris III. You know, that, that gets way too stuffy. Hey, my name is Phil, right? And then your business title or who you help and how or what are you known for? What did you accomplish? Now, I'll give you some examples here. But before I do, I want to warn you, we don't want to stack these. You just want to pick one that you feel comfortable with. In my case, it will be, hey, my name is Ken, CEO of Oz Media Global. That's it. That's how you introduce yourself. Uh, second version would be, hey, my name is Ken. I help business owners to get leads and sales using video. Third one would be, hey, my name is Ken. People know me as the video marketing guy. This is how I would use it. Now, here is something really interesting. I've watched a lot of... Uh, of videos where people are uh, people are talking about themselves, you know, the millions of people they help, uh, the the famous person they share the stage with and stuff. And if you look at the engagement graph on, uh, if you know what uh, YouTube or Facebook looks like on the back end, they got these engagement graphs, right? And generally, what's going to happen is you've got uh, you've got viewers, right, and then you've got time, right, coming across here. And what's going to happen is you're going to see something that looks like, you know, a little bit like this. People are watching and they're kind of dropping off little by little. What I always look for is where are the cliffs and where are the plateaus? And when I look at this, I can immediately identify in the video what was the person saying, what's going on in the video at that moment, and why did they drop off? And I look for the plateaus. Why did people stick around there? And nine times out of 10, these plateau areas What's going on here is people are talking about themselves. I did this. I did that. I helped so-and-so. And, -so. and they, there's numbers, 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 numbers. And people don't actually care. And I know this statistically because that's where the cliffs happen. So if you're tempted to stack all the accomplishments you've done in your lifetime, good for you. But it's not going to help you to gain more followers and get people to stick around. And engagement and uh, getting people to stay in your videos is really the most important shtick and everything. So um, let's get back to this. That's why I just wanted to demonstrate why you want to keep it short, snappy, and simple. Now, so we've hooked people in, we've introduced ourselves, and now this is where we lead anticipation. Now, there's a few ways to do this. We can poke their fear, build importance, create curiosity, or tell a story. Um, some quick examples around this. Let's go back to the example of weight loss. Poking their fear is really simple. You might just say, you know, you might be eating. No, you're probably eating this one healthy food. That's actually helping you to not lose weight or preventing you from losing weight. Now they've got to find out what that is, right? Building importance. How important is it that you fit into the bridesmaid dress before that wedding that's coming in three months from now? Now that's, you know, weddings are important parts of people's lives. Again, think of how you can compare it to something that's important. Create curiosity. This is very simple. It's kind of like unwrapping a present. People know something is coming, but uh, you haven't told them what it is yet. Now, telling a story is really, really beautiful. When you tell a story, what we're doing is either telling your personal experience about how what you're about to share affected you or the experience of a client, how you help them go from the stage they didn't want to be in to the condition they're in now because of what you're about to share. And you haven't even shared it yet. So we're really, really uh, building the anticipation about what's coming. 
And what you want to think about is how can we generate curiosity, context, and concern? If you got these three things in place, then people will be primed. They'll be edge on the edge of their seats, and they'll be ready for what you are about to deliver. Now, deliver also stands for dopamine. How can we get dopamine running through people's bloodstreams? There's a few ways to do this, but before I jump into that, I just want to talk about the concept of dopamine. Social media, you know, where we're, we're sharing videos, where we're creating content. Uh, content where we're engaging with people, the way these guys make money is by getting people to stay there longer, right? So you can think of them as farms, and we're kind of like renting a plot of land on this on this farm. And our job is to get people to stay with and and spend their time with us. And social media, the currency is time. It is literally bought and sold every day. People buy advertising minutes and seconds in order to get more business. Now, let's say you're there, you're giving video, right? What you're actually selling with the video is dopamine. People go there for dopamine hits. So someone pays you three minutes of their time that they'll never get back. Your job is to do an exchange of value and give them a dopamine hit. If that exchange doesn't happen, then people won't come back and your value goes down. If that exchange happens over and over again, they'll keep coming back every day, every time you put out a video, every time they get an alert, they want to come back because they're expecting that hit and they'll also call their friends. And that is why some videos blow up and some videos never go anywhere. So you want to think, how can you get that exchange happening, this business exchange that social media is built on and not cheat people from the value that they're giving you, which is their time. So this is what we want to do. And there's a few ways we can deliver this cause and effect common misconceptions, transfer of blame or guilt, and a binary or polarizing point of view. Some quick examples here. Cause and effect. Let's go back to weight loss. Um, the reason why you're struggling to lose that weight is simply because you got to figure out your macros. What's the percentage of proteins, carbs, uh, etc. I'm not a health expert. Uh, what we're saying is cause, effect. The reason why this is this. Simple, right? And for some people, if you if you explain something that's even basic, it might be the first time they heard it, and they might have that little aha moment, right? Common misconceptions you might say something like, most people think that as long as you burn more calories than you eat, then you're going to lose weight. That's a common misconception. If you don't understand how sleep affects your metabolism, then that's going to go nowhere. So we're bringing in a new concept that people don't usually uh, consider. Transfer of blame or guilt. This is super powerful. What we're doing is we're taking away people's feeling of uh, inadequacy because they suck at a certain area of their life, lifting that weight off their shoulders and putting it onto something else that's out of their control. So I might say something like, hey, you're eating right, you're exercising right, but no matter what, you can't lose that weight. There's a good chance that it's got nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. What it is, is it's got everything to do with your DNA and something, blah, blah, blah. Again, something they can't control. Therefore, they feel relieved. They feel like, Hey, I like this guy. He's making me feel like it's not my fault. And they want to take action because of what you said. Now, here's the very last one. It's one you want to be careful about, but it can be very effective, which is where you want to polarize your audience. You might say something to the effect of, you know what? If you're trying to lose those stubborn last 10 pounds, I'll tell you what, I think that you should actually put on an additional 10 pounds because fat is the new beautiful, let's get fat together. Skinny people suck. Now, I'm not suggesting you say that message, but if you could find a way that 50% of audience is going to hate you, but the other 50% are going to love you even more, and it is aligned with your core principles, then it might be a good way 
to share that. So what you want to think about is educate, edify, entertain. If you can hit these three points as you are delivering your content, then you will release dopamine in people's brains. And they'll be way more likely to stick around. They'll be way more likely to like you and take some kind of action. And they'll be way more likely to share it and call their friends to share this experience. Now, we've gone through H-I-L-D. We've got one more, which is A. A stands for ask. And when we ask people to do something, we want to do it altruistically. We want to ask people to take an action that's not about the viewer. It's not necessarily even about you. It's about a higher purpose. And this is how social movements happen. And on a smaller scale, this is how you get someone to share or engage with your video more easily. So the ask. It's really simple. This is going to look like a mess at first, but I'm going to break this down. It's really, really simple. Three things. Who plus context plus action. Who can be you, friend, colleague, or boss. Context can be needs to hear this, agrees with, has this problem, or would like this. And the action is share, tag, comment, or click. So when you close our video, in order to get engagement, we ask for something with a simple pattern. Who plus why plus what? For example, I might say, hey, by the way, if you watch this video and you agree with what I said in here, do me a favor and comment yes below. It's that simple. We pick one from each column and find what's appropriate according to what you want people to do and what's in the video itself. The reason why we're doing things like share, tag, comment, and click is because we want to drive a wedge and start getting people to do tiny little things that are easy for them that require zero effort or as close to zero effort as possible so that when you have a conversation with people or you open up an email dialogue or a chat dialogue, what's happening is that they initiated it. You put out content, they initiated to you, and what you're doing is you're obliging them and leading them on. If the dynamic between you and the people you're engaging with starts with them engaging with you, then you have an advantage in that you can control the conversation a lot better. Now, that's the end of the Hilda uh, content strategy. And uh, I, I'm guessing that there must be some questions here. Uh, was that helpful to you? That it was that was that was extremely helpful. In fact, I intend to comment, like, and subscribe to your YouTube channel because I'm sure you're going to have a lot more content just like that on your YouTube channel. Speaking of which, what is your YouTube channel? You know, Rob, I, I mean, sorry, I keep saying Rob, Ruben. Uh, I keep, uh, I, I got to be honest, on YouTube, I don't have much of a presence. I am much more of a Facebook slash uh, Instagram kind of person. I do have one. Uh, but it's really the stuff I put on uh, Facebook and then I put it out there. But I will drop a link <laughs> if I could find that. Um, let me, give me a second. I'll get that for you. Uh, cool. I, I and so we, what we'll do is we'll put it in the, in the production notes. Okay. Now I do that. I do. Have a, yeah, let's do that. So I do have a couple of questions now. Um, so the first thing is how do we really determine what our ideal client profile is per social channel. So you mentioned Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, you know, tomorrow's social network that comes. How do we figure out, okay, well, my core target audience, the people that pay me money in my case are mm -hmm. sales leaders. Those are the people that actually monetize everything that I do. It's people that are sales leaders, people that want to drive revenue through video and that decide to use the dub video communication platform. Those are our, our are paying supporters. Now, 
when we go to YouTube, we don't say to ourselves, well, we're only going to try to cater to those people because obviously YouTube is the world's second largest search engine and it's massive and everyone's on YouTube. So what we try to do is we try to diversify that. We try to increase the scope a little bit. How can we become inspirational? How can we, how can we become motivational? How can we talk to business owners and entrepreneurs and people that are working at, at companies that are trying to climb the ranks? We broaden our, our focus knowing that our core client profile hopefully will find us and frankly, we'll find them. So I'd love to get your take on how we can take our laser focus of our customers and then figure out how much should we, in fact, increase the breadth of that scope based on the social channel. Totally makes sense. And I get asked this a lot. I've, I've actually gone through a few versions of this myself. And what I found for myself that actually works, even though some things seem to logically make tons of sense when, you, when, uh, when people tell me, uh, what actually works is I look at who are the clients I've already got that are happy with what the results they're getting with me that have referred friends and that will are likely to stay with me for five, 10, 15 years. Uh, and I just interview them. What social media channels are you on? And I'm finding patterns. And in my case, the people who are doing seven plus figures a year who, and who don't want to do all the video tech themselves, those people I found they hang out in Facebook groups. They're in communities of like-minded people. And for me, I've gone all in with groups and everything else I've done. Uh, like earlier, you noticed I said, hey, go to videomarketingcommunity.com, join my Facebook group. Everything from YouTube, from Instagram, from Facebook, from LinkedIn is join my group because I just looked at what's worked historically and then use all the other channels to channel people there. So if you're just starting out and you don't have your ideal client yet, then you might want to do the one that you're most comfortable with, the one that you're that you know, uh, you know how it works, you know, you know what who the leaders are in there, what the trends are, how to use the you know the local hashtag or or you know whatever the systems are within that. Use the one you're most comfortable with. But if you already do have clients, schedule some time to call them. If they are your favorite clients and you're their favorite provider, then they'll get on a call with you. Just ask them, what social medias are you on? Which one do you love the most? Which one do you spend most time on? And then you'll find more people like them. That makes a lot of sense. And in fact, what I have on my screen right here is your group. So I'll just go ahead and share that. And funny enough, I, I've been noticing this thing that Facebook has, has been doing to me, which it translates the page into Spanish. So this is actually <laughs> what your cool. page looks like in Spanish. And you have I've four... Never seen that comma to mil miembros, uh, which means thousand members, of course. And um, I, th I think I'm already a member of your group, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, I'm going to definitely uh, engage on some of your content and check some of your stuff out. Um, Ken, this was an extremely, extremely valuable uh, live broadcast. Uh, we intend to go edit this and to get it on our social channels. How can people learn more about you Love to learn about your LinkedIn, your website, and then uh, just another plug, if you don't mind, on your Facebook group. Absolutely. Well, look, before we, we end this, I just want to say one thing, uh, and I, I'd love you to say on the screen here, is that the stuff I just gave you for free here is a lot of people, when they get free information, they do nothing about it because it was, you know, it's free. And I get free stuff too. A lot of times I don't do anything about it. But the thing I want to impress upon you is, 
uh, I've worked with a lot of people, household names, and I've directed videos using this, uh, you know, Grant Cardone, Dean Graziosi, uh, Kevin O'Leary, Damon John. These are all people whose videos I've produced. And I've coached them on the exact same Hilda process when we produce it. And these are people who are paying tens of thousands of dollars per day for me to go out and help them. So the reason I say this is not to show off. And the reason I'm saying this is to impress upon you that I'm not giving you what giving away the the crappy stuff for free just because you know I don't care about it. This is the best stuff. And if you can master this, then video becomes really, really easy and also really engaging. So I encourage you to take the value that's in here and practice it for yourself. And the concept I share with video is this. The reason I give my best stuff away for free is because I believe that with social media and with video, our job, if you're a service provider or, or even a products person, our job is to give away aha moments, give away and give away uh, what, what I'm, I'm looking for the word oh, insights. We're giving away insights. That's free. But the thing is, if you're a service provider and you're a professional and you're a salesperson, what people pay for is implementation, right? So I'm giving this stuff away and people will be able to understand it. They'll be able to get started. But if they want to scale things to a million people or, you know, what, what you know, they want to 10x their business, they're going to want a professional like you, the person who enlightened them in the first place to hold their hand and carry them through. And that's where the big money is made. So don't try to sell all the time. Give insights away for free, and then people will be willing to pay you for the implementation. So that's the, that's something I wanted to share. Um, when it comes to uh, the actual channels, I'd encourage, I do have a free course inside my group. Uh, it's 16 parts. It's some of my best stuff. I've gone live in there. Go to videomarketingcommunity.com. And uh, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, then it's just kenokazaki.com slash video marketing coach, I believe. Let, let me get you that link too. I don't remember my links. I have uh, redirects for everything. <laughs> yes. Here we are. I'm going to drop the link here into the chat so that uh, connect down there. There we go. So, and YouTube, um, my numbers there really suck because honestly, the my audience is not there too much, but I think I will go back in there and see how I can spruce things up, work on some uh, some techniques to to get my YouTube channel looking a little bit better. But yes, please, uh, if you if you want to watch the long form of what I do, my live videos, I put them up on YouTube as well. Thanks so much, Ken. Really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Right uh, anything else yeah. I can help you with before we before we end this? I think you. Uh, this was such a valuable video. Uh, we encourage people to to watch this, and then, and I, in fact, go back and rewatch things. Don't forget. There's a play button. There's a pause button. There's a rewind and fast forward, fifteen seconds, and it's just a way to kind of consume the information, digest it, and then and then even execute it. A lot of the, in fact, one of the one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes when people watch these videos, they're so inspired to take action that they do it right on the spot. Here's just a little message that someone posted. I just adjusted my lights. It's kind of cute. <laughs> so we, we are here to inspire, motivate, and educate. And Ken, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on your show.